Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. So I'm going to talk today about a meal with Jesus. We've been talking about discipleship, but the, the idea of a meal with Jesus and disciples goes so closely together. I don't know if you realize that Jesus loved eating with people. He wasn't fussy about who he ate with. Sometimes he would eat with people who were considered sinners. Other times he would eat with 5,000 people in a big crowd and provide all the food. But other times he had special meals with just his disciples. And those types of meals were different. The things that were discussed were different in those different meals. And today I want to talk about the disciples' meals because we are trying to learn about being a disciple And if we learn about what happens in a disciple's meal with Jesus, it will help us to become disciples, to become better disciples, but also to see the amazing privilege it is to be invited to a special meal with Jesus. You know, John chapters 13 to 17 are all about the Last Supper, where Jesus, I mean, there were crowds following Jesus, but he said to his disciples, we're gonna have a special meal together. He told them to go into the city. He told them who they would see. He said, speak to that person. They'll have a room ready for you. It'll be furnished, it'll be set up. It was all organized and provided supernaturally, this meal, and the disciples were told, this is just a meal for us, you 12 and me. Wow, can you imagine the excitement? and the privilege of that. Have you ever been invited to an exclusive meal where you have to be a member of the club or you have to be specially invited? Have you ever had one of those? We got invited to my brother-in-law's wedding reception dinner in America. In America, they do weddings differently. The, The actual wedding ceremony is open to a large crowd and there isn't a meal afterwards. There's some snacks and everybody stays for a bit but the special guests are invited to the wedding rehearsal dinner the night before in America, and only a small, special crowd are invited to that, and there's a whole um, kind of way of doing that meal with certain people giving speeches and gifts are given, and there's a whole culture around the wedding rehearsal dinner, and it was in America, and we were living in Africa at the time, so it was a really big deal, And I remember sitting at this rehearsal dinner and looking around and everyone was dressed in a beautiful dress and there was the bride and groom up at the top table and there was beautiful meal laid out and there were gifts and there were speeches given. And I remember feeling so special. Wow, wow, what am I doing here? What did I do to deserve being invited to this meal? Have you ever been invited to a special meal? And in Luke 22, sorry, Matthew 26, verse 20, it says, when evening had come, he sat down with the 12, and as they were eating, he started to speak. That upper room, that special crowd, they've got a sense there's something big going on. Jesus has been warning them that he's gonna be arrested and and executed, and they know something special is going on, but he decides to have a special meal. The lighting is just right, the furnishings are just right, the food is laid out. I believe it was the most amazing Last Supper. And for four chapters of John, we see the discussion that he had 
with his disciples. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pull out a few principles from the Last Supper to talk about a meal with Jesus so that you and I can see the privilege we have of having a meal with Jesus, but also to realize if I'm not part of all these different parts of this meal with Jesus, this special discipleship meal, then maybe I'm just in one of those other meals with Jesus, the ones with the 5,000, or the ones with the Pharisees and the tax collectors or whatever. Just because I'm at a meal where Jesus is doesn't mean I'm a disciple, but these points that I'm gonna bring out are the facets, the characteristics of a meal with Jesus. The first is intimacy. In John chapter 13 and verse 23 it says, now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Then leaning back on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? Have you ever picked up this little facet of the Last Supper that John the disciple is lying on Jesus' chest during the supper? Isn't that amazing? Everyone else is sitting in their place. You know, Leonardo da Vinci drew the Last Supper. He drew it wrong. John was lying on Jesus' chest and he was listening to Jesus breathing. There was such intimacy, he could hear Jesus' heartbeat and he asked him special questions. Jesus had just said, one of you guys is gonna betray me. John, lying on his chest, said, who is it, Lord? Tell me a secret. There is an intimacy in a, in a disciple's meal with Jesus. There is a closeness and a love and a joy. There is something, there is a connection with Jesus. You can be at a meal with Jesus. We're gonna have communion a little bit later today. And you can partake, but not have that intimacy that a disciple has. And I wanna say to you, the great news today is Jesus said the invitation is open. It's up to you to decide whether you wanna come in. Let me read you another part from John 15 at this meal. He says, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. So this point of intimacy goes along with this idea of we get to hear what Jesus is wanting and what he's saying. We hear his heartbeat, we feel what he is doing. What does he think of the current political situation? What does he think about our society, about our family issues, about our health? Jesus, what do you think? And we're close enough to him that we hear it. You know, I love church because we hear from God in a way that we don't hear in other times. There's something about the community of believers coming together where we get an amplified voice of God speaking in our midst. But now I wanna talk about the dress code. Have you ever been to a meal where you were wearing the wrong dress code? I was part of a golf club once, at one stage of my life. And I don't know if you know about golf clubs, but the older established members of golf clubs have an abnormal fussiness about what other people are wearing. Have you ever noticed this? They're just crazy. You're wearing striped socks. You're wearing a, your collars and proper on your shirt. You, I mean, they're just crazy about the dress code. And I was at a dinner for members of the golf club and an elderly gentleman came up to me 
and he really read me the right act because some part of my clothing wasn't exactly right. And it's so embarrassing, isn't it? Oh boy, I'm not dressed right. You know, in Matthew 22, Jesus told a parable. Let me read it to you. Kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding and they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted calf are killed. All things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious. He sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both bad and good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But the king came in to see the guests. He saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, bind him hand and foot, Take him away, cast him into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. And the amazing thing is those who are chosen are chosen by God, but they choose to come and to dress as God says they should. And today I'm praying. Many are called, but many of us will choose. And as we choose, we find out we are chosen. So what's the dress code? First of all, we've got to be part of his mission. If you're coming to the king's dinner, you've got to be part of what he is thinking about, his mission in the world. You can't come with your own agenda. You've got to come with his agenda. Another story which is very closely linked to John 13, the Last Supper, is Matthew 10. If you have time, read the whole of Matthew 10. It's one of the few other times where Jesus just calls his 12 to himself and has an intimate discussion with them. And in Matthew 10 it says, and when he had called his 12 disciples to them, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease. And he said, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you've received, freely give. One of the parts of the dress code is I've got to put on the mission that God has for the world. In John 13, Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, he who receives whomever I send receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. There's this thing of, if I'm gonna go to his dinner, I've gotta say, yes, Lord, your mission is my mission. How is it for you? Is your mission in life to make money, to be successful, to be happy, to whatever? Or is your mission his mission? Because if it's not, you're not wearing the right clothing. The second thing is similar, it's to obey. In John 14, Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. We will come to him, make our home with him. John 15, 14, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. 
And kind of similar to that is being fruitful. John 15, seven, he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire, it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. The mark of a disciple, the mark of having the right clothing on is you do what he says, you bear fruit, and you're doing his mission in life. So this is time for us to pause and say, Lord, what is my purpose in life? What am I focusing my energy, my goals, my hopes and dreams? Where do I hope to be in 10 years, 20 years time? What is is the big picture of my life all about? Is it God's picture and am I obeying the master? Because I think some of us will get to the end of time. In fact, we're told in Matthew 7 that many will get to the end and think they had the clothes on. And he says, at the big wedding feast at the end, when we all go and rejoice with the son, he'll say, no, you weren't wearing the right clothes. So that's a harsh one. Let's go to the, the next piece of clothing, and that is that you have to be identified with him, and that means you get persecuted with him. In John 15, Jesus said, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. He who hates me hates my father as well. Part of the the clothing or the cost, if you like, of going to the dinner with Jesus is you become identified with him. People say you're one of those who went to dinner with him because there is a sharp divide in the world. I don't know if you've realized it, but more and more now, there are people saying we hate Christians. It used to be that Christians were popular, but more and more people are intolerant of Christians. They say we preach and believe tolerance for everything and everyone except you Christians. We're not tolerant of you. And part of the cost of going to dinner with Jesus is you walk out and you're still wearing the clothing that says, I belong to Jesus, and the world knows it. If you're a person who wants to go to dinner with Jesus but then not tell anyone about it, he says, you weren't part of my special dinner. You say, Greg, that sounds extremely harsh. Let me read what Matthew 10, Jesus said. He said, behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Now brother will deliver up brother to death, and a father his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. 
It is enough for a disciple to be like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they've called the master of the house Beelzebub or demonized, how much more will they call those of his household? Therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. For are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I will deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set man against his father, daughter against mother, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. The amazing news of having a dinner with Jesus as a disciple is you carry the clothing out into the world, and if you take that clothing off when you, in front of your workmates or your family members, he says you weren't part of the special dinner. But he says, I'm with you. I give you power. Don't fear them. I'll I'll give you the words to say. I'll protect you. Don't worry. They can't hurt you. But we've got to be bold enough to say, I believe in Jesus. It's a big challenge, friends. It's a big challenge. Can I challenge you? Are you happy to say, yes, I'm a believer in Jesus? To identify with him. To carry the clothes from your dinner into your everyday life. Right, let me tell you some of the benefits of this dinner. We got some lovely gifts at my brother-in-law's wedding rehearsal dinner. Amazing gifts, American gifts. Man, they were fancy and beautiful. Some tasty, some beautiful, some valuable. These are the benefits. I'm gonna mention three of them. First is forgiveness. At that dinner with Jesus, he said he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks, gave it to them, said, drink from it all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for the remission of sins. We get forgiveness of sins. That is worth more than anything. Friends, there is no price that can be paid that is higher than having your sins forgiven forever by Almighty God. And that comes from being in that intimate meal. Jesus breaks the bread and pours the wine and he says, this is my body broken for you. You, my close friends, my disciples, the ones I share my heartbeat and my thoughts with, the ones I give my identity and my power and my protection to, you get the forgiveness of your sins. What a gift, what a meal. It doesn't matter how nice the food is, that gift is the precious one. Secondly, you get power. 
And he called his 12 disciples to him and he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of disease. In Luke chapter 10, he says, uh, you'll trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, nothing will by any means harm you. One of the gifts is his power. We hide in him and his identity. And so when we come up against the devil and all of his power, we win because it's Jesus around us and in us that allows us to trample over all these things. What a dinner. And then lastly, provision. In Matthew 10 verse eight, he says, don't take an extra bag, don't take extra clothing, don't take extra money, because a worker is worthy of his wages. When we're in this dinner, it lasts forever. You can walk out of dinner with Jesus and never have to worry again that you will have food or clothing or provision because he says, you're now one of mine. You're one of my workers and I will pay for every meal, every accommodation, every set of clothing, every school fee, everything you need. Somebody asked me recently, they said to me, if you could go back and talk to yourself 15 years ago, what would you say to yourself? What advice would you give? And immediately the answer came into my head, it's all gonna be okay, because I can remember 15 years ago worrying about how were we gonna pay our kids' school fees? How were we gonna live? I mean, it really was that bad. Are we gonna have enough money for the basics tomorrow? And I look back and I see God's faithful provision, abundant provision since then, and the message I would give myself 15 years ago is it's gonna be okay, God will take care, And I wanna remind you, my dear friend, if you're part of that meal with Jesus, it lasts forever. After you've had communion and that intimacy and that love relationship with Jesus, when you walk out of here, he says, I will meet every bill. I will take care of you because you are now mine. A worker is worthy of his wages. You don't have to worry. Don't fear about it. You are now one of mine and that clothing, that mantle of identity goes along with it the, the power of heaven to provide for every single need and your kids' needs. So I wanna ask you, my dear friends, which dinner have you been part of? You know, when Jesus fed the 5,000, there were all sorts of people there. 5,000 men, but then women and children, huge number of people, and a few days after that, they had all left Jesus and it was only the 12 left behind. Have you been one of those who likes to go along for what Jesus gives, but you haven't met the dress code of all these different things, taking his identity, being willing to identify with him even if it means being rejected by the world, taking his mission, being willing to obey him, but also getting all the benefits of forgiveness and power and blessing and provision? Which dinner have you been part of? Jesus loves meals. In Revelation 3 verse 20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him. Yay, food, food, food. Jesus always wanted to eat with his people and eat with other people. He loved having meals with people because a meal, when you break bread, when you share a meal with someone, there is a bond, a connection that is built. Can I ask you, and I need to be very pointed in this, have you been at a disciple's meal with Jesus? You might have been at the big meal. 
You might have been at a different meal, but have you been to a disciple's meal with Jesus, like the Last Supper? We're going to have communion in a few minutes. And we, you see, we don't get to exclude people. We get to bring in the crowds, just like the parable I read you in Matthew 22. He says, go and invite everyone. We, we don't turn anyone away. We say, everyone is welcome, but I need to tell you that not everyone who eats is dressed for the meal, and the way you know is by the things that I've said today. The last thing I need to say is that it's not an individual meal. Jesus never had a meal with one person. Wow, Greg, you sure about that? The closest is Zacchaeus, who climbed up a tree to to see Jesus. Jesus said, today I'm coming to your house for tea, but he took his disciples with him. Whenever Jesus has a meal with a person, there are other people involved because discipleship is a community event. You cannot be a disciple on your own. It's always with other people. And Jesus uses the relationships between the disciples to achieve discipleship. It's not just him discipling. Peter speaks to John and and Andrew speaks to Philip and they working together and that whole dynamic of a community is the meal. It's never a one-on-one meal. You need to be with other believers. And in fact, in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul says, when you guys, he's writing to the Corinthian church, he says, when you have communion, some of you don't benefit from this meal You're taking the bread and the wine, but you're not benefiting. In fact, you're getting sick and some of you are dying, he says, because you're not discerning the body of Christ. When you have communion, you think it's just you and Jesus, and he says it's a community meal. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you throw that invitation so wide and so long. You're still inviting 2,000 years later. Thank you, Lord, that you are so generous in saying anyone, whosoever will, can come. And I pray, Lord, for myself and for all of us today that we would get the full discipleship meal experience. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.